0: This is Plant-Based Briefing, Episode 8, Is Lab-Grown Food the Future? Pros and Cons to Consider, Part 1, by Ocean Robbins of Food Revolution Network at foodrevolution.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And this is the curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles from experts with their permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. Today's article is about lab-grown meat which I think is a fascinating topic and has huge potential for animals and the environment. Yet it can be a contentious one in the vegan community. I think it's important to understand where the technology started, where it is today, and where it may go in the future. And I think this article does a really good job covering that. Today's article is a bit longer than most, so I'm splitting it up into part one and part two, reading the first half to you today, and I'll read the second half tomorrow. It's written by Ocean Robbins of Food Revolution Network. A non profit organization committed to healthy, ethical, and sustainable food for all. Now let's get to today's plant based briefing. Is lab grown food the future? Pros and cons to consider. Part 1 by Ocean Robbins of foodrevolution.org. Summary Beef burgers, veggie burgers, and now lab grown meat? You may have heard rumblings that cultured meat made from animal stem cells may become a mainstream consumer option soon. Is it true? And if so, is it a good thing? What is lab-grown food, and should we be preparing for it to change the food system as we know it? Since 2013, lab-grown food, and specifically cultured, clean meat, has been gathering increasing attention and funding— The first-ever lab-grown burger was created in 2013 by scientist Mark Post, a professor of tissue engineering at Maastricht University in the Netherlands. It garnered press interest when it was eaten and reviewed by two food critics at a London news conference. While lab-grown meat isn't available commercially just yet, it will likely hit shelves in 2021, it's clearly been in the works for quite some time. Plant-based meat alternatives, on the other hand, are available now and have become very popular in the last five years. Today, Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat products are sold in restaurants and grocery stores around the world, sometimes even fooling meat eaters into thinking they're chowing down on actual beef and there's a long tradition of veggie burgers made from peas, soy, beans, grains, mushrooms, and vital wheat gluten, which may not attempt to fool the palate so much as provide a hearty, tasty, and convenient alternative to real burgers. While the conversation about switching away from conventional meat to alternatives has taken on new urgency recently, it actually dates back to the 1970s, sparked by a book called Diet for a Small Planet. The author, Francis moore wrote about the negative effects of industrialized animal agriculture on the planet, sparking discussion about necessary changes to the food system for a more ethical and sustainable world. The Future of Food Fast forward to today, and scientists and entrepreneurs are looking at ways they can mitigate the environmental impacts of factory farming and animal agriculture. Many researchers and thought leaders are encouraging people to eat less meat to reduce their impact on the planet. The authoritative medical journal The Lancet published a 2019 report advocating a largely plant-based diet as the basis of a more equitable and sustainable world, as well as one with far less chronic disease. The authors argue that if everyone in the world switched to a diet that included half the amount of red meat and sugar than the Western diet typically does— and instead based their diets on fruits and vegetables, we'd leave future generations with a more stable climate and a healthier planet, while approximately 11 million fewer people would die annually from preventable causes. The COVID-19 pandemic has also highlighted problems in the food production system, especially involving the meat industry. Meatpacking plants turn out to be a great way to spread a virus. Some have even been forced to close because many of their workers were getting sick. Owning in part to supply chain disruptions and in part to changing consumer sentiment, meat consumption has dropped. The drop is so noticeable that experts have predicted that pre pandemic meat consumption numbers won't bounce back until 2025, if ever. With the disturbing realities of the meat industry entering public consciousness at the same time as a global pandemic that apparently came from an animal, the question of lab grown meat has become timely. Is it the way of the future? Is it a safe, ethical, and cost-effective way to provide meat to the public? Or is it just another idealistic fad, entrepreneurial wild goose chase, or dangerous biotechnology? Let's take a closer look at what lab-grown food is and what it may have to offer. What is lab-grown food? There are two main types of lab-grown food currently in development, meat and dairy, These are produced either from animal cells or via microorganisms through fermentation. The cultivation of food in these ways is sometimes referred to as cellular agriculture. To make cultivated meat, scientists extract muscle stem cells, called myosatellite cells, from an animal and grow them in a medium, a highly processed raw calorie source, to produce muscle tissue in a laboratory setting. Next, the tissue is fed, multiplied, shaped, and structured using bioreactors to become what we might recognize as a burger or meat product. While it's a novel idea to many of us, it's been more science fact than science fiction for a while now. NASA has been studying and using this in vitro meat since 2001 to feed astronauts on long space missions. And the idea for lab-grown meat originated long before then, with a man named Willem van Allen, who filed original patents for the idea in the 1940s. Fermentation-based cellular agriculture, on the other hand, is a relatively new method of creating animal-free protein and dairy products. Companies are using bioengineered yeast-like microflora, which ferments plant sugar to produce casein and whey, the milk proteins found naturally in dairy. These are then used to produce milk and milk products. What about 3D printed food? Note that there's also a difference between cultured foods and 3D printed food. The latter comes from lab-grown cells which are inserted into a magnetic 3D printer and replicated from there to produce muscle tissue, the meat, in various shapes. In 2018, cosmonauts completed a very Star Trek-like experiment on the International Space Station by making thin, 3D-printed steaks with cells harvested from a living cow. By doing so, they showed that food, including meat, could be grown in harsh environments where water or soil is scarce. The technology could prove increasingly useful for the conservation of natural resources in food production or the potential for producing food without the need for agriculture. Potential Benefits and Problems So what are the potential pros and cons of lab-grown meat? There are a lot of perspectives to cover, so let's divide them up by area. How much will it cost? Assuming it's commercially viable, lab-grown meat will likely be more expensive than conventional meat, at least initially. The first lab-grown hamburger, which was a 5-ounce beef patty cultivated in a Petri dish, took 2 years to make and cost about $325,000 at the time. This isn't unusual, as new technologies almost always have a costly research and development phase. Once people start purchasing and production volume increases, costs almost always go down. This was true with plant-based burgers like the Impossible Burger as well. Originally, they cost around $20 per burger to make and were difficult to find. Now they're everywhere and sell for around $8 per pound. Lab-grown meat, once it's produced on an industrial scale, could eventually achieve price parity with, or cost less than, steaks and burgers made from the flesh of animals. One of the largest cost obstacles is the cell culture medium used to make cultured meat. Basically, the question is, what's the raw material that's cultured to produce the final product? So far, nothing ecologically or economically sustainable has been implemented. But researchers believe that in time, raw materials from large-scale agricultural production could serve as inputs for cultivated meat. This would mean that it might be possible to turn a waste product into food. Preventing biotech monopolies Eventually, at least in theory, lab-grown meat and other proteins could become less expensive than those produced from traditional farming. But will that ever come to pass? What about food ownership and centralized control? There are already patents in place for lab-grown and in vitro meat. So will clean meat ultimately turn into a power grab from a few companies that seek to control the world's food supply, much like Monsanto Bear's impact on the seed industry? There's little doubt that if in vitro meat and cultivated proteins catch on and achieve widespread adaptation, somebody will seek to have as much control and to make as much money as possible in the process. And if history is any indication, the power that comes with any monopoly is not likely to be democratically distributed. Because of this, antitrust laws need to be in place so that the biotechnology can be managed in ways that at least have the potential to alleviate world hunger, rather than increasing it. You just listened to Is Lab Grown Food the Future? Pros and Cons to Consider, Part 1, by Ocean Robbins of FoodRevolution.org. Tune in tomorrow for Part 2.